Welcome back to She Can Talk to Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, aka Gongali or Gongali MC, if you're looking for me on Instagram. Or if you want to find out what I've been cooking or eating lately, you can go over to Colleen Eat Wings, also on Instagram. You'll get to check out some food because I am a foodie. Um, yeah, so welcome back. We are here. Oh my God, I don't even know what episode this is right now. I think we're on episode 10. And I'm so grateful. Two months in, episode 10, She Can Talk to Podcast. We're still going. Thank you. Jesus. <laughs> and thank you all for listening and tuning in and subscribing and following me on the various streaming platforms. Oh my goodness. I'm not going to be, you know, going in, but I definitely do appreciate the love. So yes, we are here another week and I wanted to, um, before we even go into it, um, the name of this episode, as you can see by the title is called Storytime and War. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a little bit. But before I do so, I just wanted to check in with you all, seeing how you're doing. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a great weekend, a productive week. We're, we're hump day. We're halfway in. And we are yet uh, another week closer to Thanksgiving. So yes, yes, yes. I'm so um looking forward to the food. But anyway, um yeah, so this past weekend here I said I'm gonna go ahead and put some of my foodie skills to use I can't lie I've been on Instagram for the last couple of days prior to and I was like oh my god I don't know I just got caught in this food vortex on the explore page of Kalini Wings now you know of course that's my food page so majority of the things that are sent to me or you know I guess algorithms push to me is food related of course it's like chefs private chefs, celebrity chefs, um, different restaurants, different, um, pop-up restaurants, you know, just different things that I'm interested in food trucks. You know, I'm interested in that stuff in safer times. I would be more brave to try some of that new stuff. And as I would travel, I definitely would try some, but I'm not doing either right now because I'm not traveling. It's COVID times and I'm still practicing safety precautions. So I, you know, I play the close to the vest. I play it more close to home. And, um, instead of, you know, eating out, I've been experimenting with food as far as cooking. I am a great cook. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but anyone who has encountered my food from old to young has always said, you are a great cook. Where did you learn to cook? I want to shout out to my granny mama. And I also want to shout out to my mom, Mama Pat, hey, because those two ladies is who I grew up with and basically was really, you know, I'm greedy. So I used to like watch them prepare the food, you know. So I think me just observing and being around good food all my life, I know what good food tastes like and I know what good food should be, how it should be prepared, right? But at the same time, I know that I do a lot of traditional cooking, like Jamaican, Caribbean, especially since I moved to Florida because I have access to a lot of spices and a lot of different um restaurants like Haitian restaurants, Creole restaurants, um Dominican restaurants, Cuban restaurants, Jamaican restaurants, like so many different types of food other than the generic American food, right? Even though I have been to like some really nice decadent, you know, like steak houses and um different restaurants that have been I guess American chains or what have you, and um they have the food has been good as well. But nonetheless, right? And my quest to A, save money, B, be creative at home, and be safe. I said, I'm going to try some recipes that I've tasted in restaurants or looks interesting to me online. So in my quest, I found Chef Nisha or Chef Risha. I hope I'm saying it correctly. She's on Instagram. I don't know. She just popped up in my feed and she was making million dollar chicken. 
but she twist and did a twist and made it with Cornish hens. Ironically, I literally was doing grocery shopping like a couple of days before and was about to buy Cornish hens, had it in the basket, and then I changed my mind. I told you I'm sitting here debating about my Thanksgiving menu. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do Cornish hens. I did that last year, so I took them out the basket. Then lo and behold, a couple of days later, thank you to the algorithms, Chef Risha pops up making million dollar chicken using Cornish hands. So the technique, the video, just the way the food was prepared and displayed and presented, plus the, um, I don't know what you want to say, like the narration to the video just was so interested. I, I was salv, salv, what is the word I'm looking for? Salivating. That's what I was doing. I was like, oh my God, I want to taste that. So I started, you know, going on YouTube, looking up different videos. I found that video again, but then I found, um, I did a little bit more research into the million dollar chicken and I discovered that it's a recipe that originated at this restaurant in New York called the standard grill. And I was like, ah, interesting. That sounds even more intriguing to me. And I said, I am going to try this recipe. So, um, it's so funny because I saw a majority of the YouTube videos and the different videos. A lot of people gave, um, chef, you know what? Let me look it up now because I do not want to discredit this chef. I want to make sure I'm giving her the right credit. And you know what? I have my phone tonight so I can do quick checkups and just to make sure I'm saying the right thing million dollar chicken I'm I'm searching it right now bear with me one moment here here we go carnal dish and if you don't believe me you can go over to carnal dish and check it out and um what is her name and why I can't find her name right now that's terrible that's so terrible it's like Chef Risha. Chef, I really want to say it's Chef Risha because I cannot find it right now. I'm looking at the recipe and everything. And I could have swore it came up with it before. But it's like R-E-S-H-A or it's N-E-S-H-A. I'm still looking so I can make sure I'm giving you the correct name. But if you ever get a chance to um, look up the recipe, if you guys are meat eaters, because I know a lot of my friends are vegan and a lot of my friends... um or pescatarian. So I know, uh, uh, in other words, we have different diets, but however, if you share a diet similar to mine and like chicken, definitely check this recipe out. It's so interesting. So I, um, did do my own little video for it. Now I'm not chef Nisha and I'm not the standard grill and I'm not honestly some of the YouTube videos because it was my first time making this recipe, but I will say it came out so decadent and so delicious. I personally don't think um, the video did it justice because the sauce and everything, I should have used a little bit more creme fraiche, creme friache, which is like a French cultured cream. It's almost like a cottage cheese or like a, you know, what, maybe sour cream one in that type of family, but it's more decadent. And more like it has like a more sweeter undertone to it, I guess. It is like really, really creamy. And so, and it's French cultured cream. So it's called creme friage. So that's basically the base of the sauce mixed with everything else. It's like shallots, which is like a French onion. And, and you know, I love French food. So that definitely piqued my interest as well. And I said, ah, I'm going to try to make this at home. And it came out good, you know 
Colossal loved it. First, he was like, um, what are you doing? What is all this stuff? Because, you know, I had, like, all this stuff out chopping. I had my, my little ninja. I'm, like, making the um, shallots, like, really, really fine. And the ninja, I'm doing all this stuff in the kitchen. He's like, what are you doing? It's like a whole um, production going on in here. And I was like, I am making a million-dollar chicken. And then another thing that I always forget. Well, I also forgot to shoot this in the video for it as well, which was to shoot when I laid out the sourdough bread in the bottom of the pan. That's a key element. It's almost like the bread turns into croutons, like flavorful croutons. But you just lay out slices, like really thick slices of sourdough bread in the bottom of the pan. Season the chicken. Well, before you do that, of course, I'm going to give you the recipe, but lay olive oil out, of course. And then, you know, line, you know, line your pan out with a little bit of olive oil, lay the bread down. I olive oil the top side of the bread as well. And then, you know, put the chicken down on it. And it came out amazing. The, the, um, the bread didn't really look too appealing on the eyes when it was done, but it was not burned. It was like crunchy on the outside, but soft on the inside and flavorful because all the juices and the sauce dripped down from the chicken into the bread. It was amazing. Like, I don't even know. I think God wanted me to see this recipe. I don't know. But I tried it and I said I was, I and so okay, let me go back a little bit. I tried it this weekend because I said I'm not going to do it for Thanksgiving or I have my Thanksgiving menu. But I don't like to try new menus for, you know, like say the occasion. If I'm going to try something just like with any occasion, I would suggest you do a taste test first. Try out a couple of recipes or a couple of, op, you know, menu options to really determine if, you know, what you're going to do. So I said, huh. I can try it now, and if I like it, I might make the Cornish hen versions of it for Christmas. Hey, and I think I'm going to do that because it was a hit in my house over the weekend. We did it for Sunday dinner. Sunday dinners are normally traditionally, you know, Caribbean food, and it, it depends. Like if it's the summertime and really it's 90% summertime out here, but, you know, if we feel like it, we'll be barbecuing, and it's different. Like it's not really traditional. It's like whatever we feel like doing on the grill and experimenting with or just cooking but um for the most part sunday dinners are very traditional like you know like my house growing up it was always traditional so i always stick to like some of the traditional menus as far as like roast beef you know um stewed chicken you know escovitch fish like different things like that for our sunday dinner so i try to keep it traditional in our house on Sundays. Now, it just depends. If sometimes I don't feel like cooking, I'll be like, hey, babe, let's pull out the grill. Let's throw some stuff on the grill. And we'll do that too. But this week, I was like, no, I'm obsessed with this chicken. And just in lieu of holiday time and in lieu of cooking, I want to try this recipe. So I got a um, whole chicken. And I said, you know, this will be cool because we can eat the leftovers for Monday if everything else fails, right? If it doesn't work, we'll, you know, I'll figure something out with, and, you know, with it and we'll work it out. But it was so good, and honestly, I don't even think it was enough left over for Monday because we crushed it. And it was a little like it was a huge, you know, roast chicken or whatever, but we crushed it. It was so good. So I put some video footage up on Colleen Eat Wings. The first video is going to be like me going through my making process of making the actual million dollar chicken. The second video is my plating of it. I was so excited the way it looked and the way it smelled that I was trying to capture it, but I don't think I really did a good job of it. So I said, you know, please excuse me if you don't think it looks appetizing. That's because that was my first time making it and I am going to do a little bit more tweaks and I'm going to try it again. And I will let you know when I try it again, because my goal is to do it for Christmas. But, um, that was some of the most 
decadent chicken I tasted in a long time. I will say like that. Even to the point like the next day. We did have like a little bit of leftovers for Monday. So we ate that for dinner on Monday. And Klaus was like, babe, you could put this sauce on salmon. You could put it on fish. I could see this with pasta. This is good. And when he starts giving me suggestions about what to do with the food, I know it's really good. Like what, you know, what to do with the recipe. I know he likes it and I know it's good because he's sometimes I'll like things and he won't like it. And then sometimes he'll like things and I won't like it, you know. So, you know, we're not like always on the same taste palette when it comes to food like he likes really spicy food and I could do it in moderation the spicy food you know so it's just things like that but this was something we can both agree on and it had like a little bit of sweet because it had to use like lemons you had to like zest lemons and squeeze the fresh lemon into the creme friage and we had to use Aleppo peppers which if you don't have Aleppo peppers you can use red chili flakes but um it's like a sweet spicy pepper the Aleppo pepper and um, you put that in, you kind of mix all the stuff up with the shallots and then you just kind of let it sit in the fridge and get cold. Like you mix everything up and it mixes well because whatever that creme friage is, is like buttery almost, you know what I'm saying? So you mix everything up and then you put it in the fridge, let it chill, let the chicken cook. When it gets, when it gets to like about 90% done, you just slap this sauce all over it, put it back in the oven, let it go for like 10 more minutes, pull it out, slap some more sauce on it put it back in the oven, but turn the oven off and just let it marinate in it. O-M-G. And just the way she was acting in the video, I was like, I'm I'm just curious to try this because if this tastes nasty, I'm going to be like, this was nasty. <laughs> Go back and comment on that video like, this was nasty. That was not good. I tried the whole thing verbatim. But I will say, I did try it verbatim and I'm totally blown back. And I'm also mad. Like, why did I not know about Million Dollar Chicken before? You know, and if you guys have heard of Million Dollar Chicken, have tasted Million Dollar Chicken. Now, there's some bogus Million Dollar Chicken running around on the Internet. So if you see some where it's like mayonnaise and some weird stuff, no, that's not it. You know, the the original recipe is a very decadent recipe. It's, you know, served at like very, you know prime restaurants I guess so I don't know but a lot of people have started to learn or master the recipe on their own I even seen a guy do the same exact recipe but on his green egg you know the barbecue grill and that gave me ideas because we have like a really nice grill and I'm like I'd love to throw whole chickens on the grill like bear can chickens so when I saw that I was like that's another option and instead of using like a barbecue sauce or whatever we could just slap that creme friage sauce on it and let it smoke out I think that's gonna be banging too so who knows what I might do for Christmas like as far as how I will do it but I'm totally leaning towards doing the million dollar chicken again um, and if you want to see my original first attempt of it, like I said, disclaimer, don't judge me if it doesn't look good to you, but it tastes way better than it looked, if that makes any sense to you. But I think it was my camera angles and my lighting, but check it out. It's on Colleen Eat Wings on Instagram. It's my most two recent posts. The second to last post is the one, you know, me making it actually going through it and trying to follow my techniques or try to film as many of my techniques because I couldn't, you know, sometimes I was like, oh, I forgot to do that. Oh, class, well, film me when I do this. So I was trying to remember I was cooking it, but I was so excited that the way it smelled good and it was, you know, coming out good, I was getting excited. So, um, it was not a hundred percent step-by-step film footage, but it's my rendition of it. And that's my first attempt making it. So I would like you all to go over to Kalini Wings and check it out and tell me what you think. 
million dollar chicken. The second video is going to be basically me plating it, or basically it, it's plated. I did some roasted red potatoes, and I um, did some fresh green beans. That's one thing I like about living out here in the country. You get fresh veggies all the time. And the um, only thing I hate about them is you got to cut them and clean them. But anyway, um, yeah, fresh cut green beans. And yeah, that's what we did. We did um, a million dollar chicken with some red potatoes and green beans. And it was so banging. I did have a Caesar salad on the side because I like to eat um, a lot of veggies these days. And salad, I'm addicted to Caesar salad. I don't know what it is. But um, so I did make like small bowls of salad as well, which went perfect with it as well. Just complimented the whole dish. So check it out if you guys are interested in trying something different if you're still up in the air about something for thanksgiving maybe you said hey look it's not a big family situation this year and you just want to do something like cornish hens or maybe just like a nice big roaster oven bird or whatever versus a full turkey you can try that out i think that would be so great look up the recipe but it's only a few people that do it correctly so i will say um because i'm going to give credit where credit is due and I got my recipe from Carnal Dish, C-A-R-N-A-L, Dish, okay? And then I do know she's on YouTube because she has a couple other chicken dishes that I said I was going to try as well. So if you actually want to just go check out more of um, her, yeah, that's the name of her, her thing. Her thing is called Carnal Dish, C-A-R-N-A-L, Dish. And so you can go on YouTube as well and check out some dates. She has like this weeknight roast chicken where she spatchcocked the chicken and did this sauce and basically basted this similar technique. I said, I'm going to try that again. Look at me. Here we go. Pulling up the video that's coming up on a thing. But yeah, Carnal Dish. Check her out. Her, she has a lot of great, interesting recipes. And um, yeah, especially if you're cooking at home, cooking for family, and you want to try fresh options, you know, like not processed food and stuff like that, definitely check her out. She's a really good chef. And um, I will stand by her million-dollar chicken recipe. I tried it this weekend. My family loved it. I loved it. It didn't last. I mean, I thought the bird was going to last a few days. I'm Not to say, like, we're trying to, like, you know, just eat leftovers for days. But it really didn't. You know, Colossal really doesn't even honestly like leftovers. So I was kind of like, maybe I could just have it for lunch. No, it was nothing left. It was really good. So I'm so proud of my million dollar chicken. Hey. So I'm going to wrap it up because I always spend about 20 minutes with you guys recapping my week and weekend or telling you some random story about me. And um, hopefully you're kind of, you know, settling in from whatever you were doing and now you're like all right i'm chilling and i get to check you know hang out with colleen for a little bit and have some conversation so you know i always try to give you the first 20 minutes to come will you in let you know you know i'm here with you all and share some of my recaps and highlights with you over the last couple of over the last week i should say and weekend but nonetheless i want to go into this week's episode which is called story time and war and I wanted to tell a story to you guys. So the story I'm going to tell to you today, it's um, definitely music related, definitely celebrity filled, but it goes back um, some years. I probably was like about, honestly, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of influential stuff to, to me happened to me, I should say, when I was around my preteen years. So this was about 12, 13 years old. I was in the youth choir church. 
I went to Mount Zion CME Church in the Bronx off Elder Avenue. Hey, shout out to any of you all. I don't know if the church is still there. If it is, you know, respect due. If you guys still go to that church, shout out to you all. I grew up in that church in the 80s. So um, back in the day, 80s and 90s, I should say. So this was when like um, Heavy D and the Boys was popping. Big Daddy Kane was popping. Karis One was popping. So this was around 88. So yeah, it was around 88, 89. And um, also BB and CC Winans was popping, you know, as well, which is why I'm telling this story. So the church I belonged to, they had, um, they were invited, I should say, the youth choir was invited to Louisville, Kentucky to participate in a church conference or, uh, yeah, it was like a music gospel conference, I should say. And, um, the pastor, well, one of the pastors, he wasn't like the main pastor, but you know, you have like the main pastor, then the deacon and the bishop. So he was more like a deacon of the church. Um, Richard Terman, um, Reverend Terman is what we called him. Reverend Terman. And, um, he was like, yeah, I'm going to drive the kids down there. You know, they're going to be fine with me. I'm going to take them to Louisville. They're going to be in this. This is going to be a good experience for them. My mom was like, uh-uh, what? Y'all bugging. Y'all not taking her to Louisville, Kentucky. But for some reason, um, Glenn Terman and his wife and, um, you know, other, um, board members, cause my mother was on the usher board was able to sell her, like, you know, reassure her that it was a safe trip and I was going to be in good hands. So went to Louisville, Kentucky with the youth choir to participate in this conference, which was one of the most, on so many different levels, best experiences in my youth, in my childhood when it comes to music. So as a child coming to Louisville, Kentucky, we check into the hotel. And since then, you know, as an adult, I've been on different types of business trips and different types of, you know, even vacations or even music conferences related to music, like AC3 Festival. It puts you in the mind of that. So at the same time, in the same hotel that we were staying in, which was a really big lavish hotel with the glass elevator in the middle of the um, lobby that goes all the way up to like, I don't know, the 22nd floor. And you're just like, what? is this this is so dope right we're here for the weekend for a music conference what and you know we're still kids so we're like mcdonald's was across the street and this that okay yeah so we see a bunch of like you know buses coming in we came in like a van we came from the bronx to louisville kentucky they we drove in a van i couldn't even tell you how long it was all i know is i had a walkman and i listened to like janet jackson and like all of my favorite rap tapes for hours there and back and I was able to memorize them by the time I was done I remember Jenna Jackson because for some reason it was um dark you know like at nighttime driving it was a lot of driving at night and you know everybody was kind of sleeping in the van or whatever and I put my headphones on and I just remember Jenna Jackson playing you know what I'm saying like all her R&B slow songs like the jams back then so I'm like listening to that as you're riding back but anyway um I don't know I just had a moment there started zoning out shout out to Jenna Jackson but um yeah so we got to Louisville Kentucky we see buses coming in some of the buses have um you know larger churches and larger choirs coming in some of them look like tour buses I'm like oh my god so you know I know BB and CC Winans were like headlining but there was also like um you know so many Shirley Caesar it was so many different 
acts, you know, like gospel acts performing at the time. This was before Kirk Franklin, but uh, it was so serious. I wouldn't be surprised if he was if he was there, you know, and I just didn't know who he was at the time. But anyway, it was like so many people. So um, I don't know. During the whole trip, Reverend Terman promised my mom that he was going to be my chaperone and make sure I stay you know, out of trouble and in good hands. So by the time it was end of the trip, people thought like, is he your dad? Because like, you know, people that we was meeting and stuff like, is he your dad? Cause he's on you. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? Are you hungry? Let's go get something to eat. Like he was on me. Like, but it was very definitely, um, grateful to have like a safe person around me. Cause you know, it wasn't like, you know, it could have been a weird situation, right? But it wasn't. So thank God for that. And um, it was so educational. It was so enlightening. I got to meet BB and CC Winans in, you know, their prime, like their brother and sister. I thought back then, because I was so young, you know, I didn't know. I thought it was like a husband and wife thing. But they were brother and sister. And they had like, I, you know, it was a, a bunch of wines, Winans out there. Like they even had um, their one of the Winans sons who has that song, I don't want to know. If you're playing me, keep it on the low. Like, all of them were there. He was like, a kid, they were all out there. It was a big thing. And so it was like the whole whinings, all generations were out there. So I was like meeting so many whinings, you know, singers and meeting so many different performers. And just like, it's church, you know, it was like church related. So it wasn't like, oh, security, stand back. Like everyone was embracing, everyone was hugging. Everyone was like showing everyone love and just nice warm event, right? So we're like, okay, you know, we're going to go back to our room and change. So, cause it was like, it was like AC3 for gospel music is the only way I could put it. So if anyone has been to something like AC3 festival or been to like, um, any type of festival, South by Southwest festival, um, you know, CM3 festival, anything like that, where, you know, it's a couple of days and there's a couple of performers and it's a couple of workshops and stuff going on. But the only spin on it was, it was, you know, Christian related and gospel related, you know, but it was such a dope event. And, um, I met so many different people, you know, my young self, like I wasn't thinking about networking. I was more like awe inspired because these people were putting on so like such amazing performances and, you know, seeing this live and then they just get off the stage and give you a hug. Like they're your granny, your auntie, you know, it was just amazing. But what made the weekend even better was because so for example we got there like say Thursday went through a couple of workshops a couple of performances we performed on Saturday morning so Friday we went to a couple of workshops saw a couple of performances Saturday morning we had our big performance as our choir performed and then um afterwards you know we was able to like say hey go get lunch blah 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 and then there's a couple of workshops that you can attend to whatever like that so it was kind of like a free day you know not really free like still within the confines of the convention or the festival but you know you can kind of do what you want to do it wasn't like organized things for the second half of Saturday so lo and behold on our way back to the room and I you know like I, it was like we're a bunch of kids so years have passed I can't remember everyone's name so forgive me but if you remember these stories and you were there with me reach out because you know I'm not lying but anyway um the girl that I was with like that we shared rooms with she was like is that heavy D? And I looked over, sure enough, it's like heavy D the boys. God bless the dead, you know, and his, um, passing, his anniversary of his passing was not that long ago. So ironically, you know, but I didn't even think about that when I'm telling the story, but it was heavy D, 
And I said, what is Heavy D doing in here? So we go down and like, first thing we're going to do is try and get an autograph or whatever. And I don't know, you know, they was just like, yeah, after party. Are you here? I was like, yeah, we from New York. They're like, you came from New York for this show? Like, nah, we here. We performed. We performed um not that long ago. So I guess they probably thought we was performing at the same venue they were performing at i don't know so they were like oh word well okay well the after party is gonna be upstairs at the room you know we got the whole like say penthouse you know floor it was shut down it was them and so like, we got the whole penthouse shut down we're gonna be partying so yeah you know we about to go get something to eat and then blah 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 so we was like what okay bet so i'm like oh my god we are going to party with Heavy D. I am not going back to the church convention until tomorrow <laughs> so you know, my little young mind is like, I'm going to go party with Heavy D. Then, you know, we go back to the room. We're all excited. Now we're like, you know, trying to put our outfits together so we can go like hang out with Heavy D and the boys and see what's going on. Like see who else we can meet and then who else autographs we can get, you know, like whatever the case may be. So we met up with the guys that was with us. And they're like, oh my God, we saw Big Daddy Kane. And I'm like, what? Big Daddy Kane is here. So they're like, yes. And they told him the same thing. They had the same conversation that we, as the girls, had with Heavy D and the boys. They had with Big Daddy Kane and his dancers. Like, yeah, we just performed. And um, I guess the guys told them that it was a gospel conference. And they were like, word. And it was like still invited them to come upstairs and, you know, party at the after party. So it's a wrap. We're going to the after party upstairs at the penthouse, all in the same hotel. So if anyone's looking for us, like when we didn't leave the building and we didn't, you know, that's, that's our young rational minds, you know, making sense of it. Like we didn't leave the building, so it's fine. We're going to be on a penthouse. It's, it's cool. So we went up there and partied all night, met KRS-One. That was my very first time meeting KRS-One with my young self. Okay, not to tell you how years later, that would, that would be another story I share, how I met KRS-One again for the second time of a total of three times that I met KRS-One. But this was my very first time meeting him. I was like about 12 years old, 13 years old. I'm at this convention in Louisville, Kentucky, and they're on tour performing. And he's like in a hallway, you know, like, rhyming with cats and like having like deep conversation with them and he everyone was just cool like you know they were at the time relatively young so they weren't like you know stuck up they were kind of like still in their hungry phase and still it was like 89 you know so they're still hungry they're still you know breaking into their game as artists but this was like one of the biggest tours I guess because it was all of them on one tour salt and pepper was on this tour as well but we did not get to meet them i think the girls probably stayed in a different hotel which probably is what i would have done as well but i will say that even though it was like big daddy kane krs1 heavy d you know in this hotel with us they didn't really like trash the place they weren't like disrespectful to the women you know not that i seen or experienced anyway they probably looked at us and could see that we were kids and probably was like oh it's a whole gospel convention here like these are kids you know and they just welcomed us with open arms and we partied with them and they was playing music like they they didn't really have like a you know I to me honestly I felt like it was a DJ you know but looking back you know back in the days they had those big boom boxes and stuff so it was really just like big boom box mad music playing you know they were smoking weed they were you know drinking or whatever Back then, of course, I was not partaking in weed, but just the smell of it and being in the atmosphere of the hip hop and seeing them rapping, it was just, I was in heaven. 
And then um, to be able to come off of the high of me and like BB and CC Winans and, um, you know, performing for them and getting like the feedback of like, oh my God, you guys did great as a choir because our harmonies were on point. That's one thing I would say about the youth choir at Mount Zion CME Church back in the Bronx on Elder Avenue back in those days, we knocked it down. So yeah, the choir was on point. So, you know, it felt good to have our performance go well. And then as a bonus to me, Big Daddy Kane, Heavy Dana Boys, KRS-One, night was made. So we partied like way to the night. Like I, we didn't, when I say way to the night for us, 1230 was like late because we was, and I'm lying. It, I'm, I'm exaggerating. It was more like two in the morning, 2.30. And that was way past our time. So we went back to our rooms. Everything was good. And then the next day now we're like still on our high, like, oh my God, they're still in the room. So they was checking out because we ran down to see like if they was going to be in the lobby or like, you know, eating breakfast or whatever like that. So we saw once again, Heavy D and, um, I don't know if it was actually one of his dancers, but he had like a guy, like a friend with him and they were going through like, you know, the buffet, the breakfast buffet or the continental breakfast or whatever. And I'm talking about, this was a really nice hotel. This wasn't like no, um, days in and no shit like that. It was like the Hilton or something, Hilton Regency with the glass elevators, nice lobby, nice breakfast layout. Like it was nice. So, um, yeah, we went down there, we started eating breakfast and everything. And we was, they was like, yeah, we're checking out after this. We got another show. We're going, and they told us, you know, like the next couple of stops. They was like, they was after there, they was going to like another part of Kentucky. Then they were going to, um, you know, like, um, I don't even know, like after they was going to like Atlanta, then they was going to go to Florida, then they was flying out to LA. So they was like giving us the breakdown. I don't really remember all of verbatim, but I was just remember, all I remember is being like amazed at like, wow, that's what I want to do. When I grow up, I want to do music because I'm looking at the gospel artists, BB and CC Winans. And, you know, Shirley Caesar, they're treated like royalty. They're treated like celebrities that they are. They're pulling up in, you know, tour buses and, you know, chauffeured, you know, not limousines, but, you know, chauffeured cars and um, being treated as such. No different than the rappers like Heavy D and the boys. They were a little bit more younger, a little bit more unorthodox, but they were treated like celebrities. They had a whole penthouse, you know, floor all suites on the penthouse locked down and all doors open and he was just going from room to room having fun you know and partying and no one complained it was it was amazing this was in the 80s you know like late 80s early 90s so no one complained and everything was great you know and that just put in my mind like music is the shit gospel music reggae music it doesn't matter classical music Country music, rock music, rap music, it doesn't matter. Music is a gift and it is a blessing. I want to pursue music. So literally after that is when I really said, you know, I'm going to write some rhymes and I'm going to go talk to doo-wop, you know. And after that, I kind of made my mind up and said, I want to go talk to doo-wop and see what I could do about becoming a rapper because this trip to Louisville, Kentucky, God... So right before we left, Reverend Terman, which was one of his, you know, part of his spiel of trying to convince my mom to have me come and join the choir because he says the whole choir sounds good. She's part of the choir, blah, blah, blah. So he said, in addition to him, you know, being like responsible for me and, you know, making sure that my safety and everything is, on, you know, on point. He was like, um, it's her calling. 
you know, the Lord is telling me, it's on my spirit. The Lord is telling me that this girl is supposed to do music and she's supposed to be, absorb it. So I'm supposed to bring her. And I don't know what that did to my mom or how it moved her. And I'm paraphrasing, you know, I'm not telling you verbatim. This is what he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing for sure. But he says up to the effect of that, like, you know, this is on her. So we can't even deny it. And I'm willing to, you know, be a vehicle to help her, you know, get this experience. And so my mom was like, okay, you know, and I'm grateful to my mom for saying yeah to that. And I'm grateful to Reverend Terman for, um, chauffeur in me being my chauffeur on that trip. And, um, just, you know, allowing me to experience one of the most impactful musical experiences I had in my life. And that turned me around. That made me do a, a complete 180 pivot to say, Hey, I want to do music. Like I want, I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a housewife. I want to do music and I want to rap, like made my mind up. And then also at the same time, I never in the back of my mind, I said like, I love gospel music too. So I would definitely do music, music with a message because you know, that's the gospel as well, you know? So the funny thing about that is, which is going to lead me into the next story, Reverend Terman, Reverend Richard Terman, I believe his name was because God bless the dead. He has passed on since then. Um, his brother is Glenn Terman. And some of you listening may be familiar with Glenn Terman, but if you're not, um, he is the Colonel from, um, a different world. He was the Colonel Sergeant dude who ended up marrying Jaleesa. And I don't, I know I'm probably telling my age for sure by telling you like go into detail, but different world was my show every Thursday, eight 30, stop playing with me right after the Cosby show. Stop playing with me. I went to Norfolk State University because of different world and historical black colleges. Yes, 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 yes. So um, he was the colonel. He was like the sergeant colonel. First he came on the show like a real stiff militant dude. Then he loosened up. Then he ended up marrying Jaleesa and having like a kid on the show. So Glenn Terman, that is Reverend Terman's brother. He was married to Aretha Franklin. And, um, you know, this is... I was there and I remember the fanfare and the hype when Aretha Franklin and Glenn Terman came to church to visit when they were still married at the time. But I was so young back then that I didn't really realize the impact of what it was. It wasn't until years later. I was like, OMG. So you mean to tell me I met Aretha Franklin as a kid and didn't even don't even really have the memory to, you know, like the, um, experienced, you know, like the feeling of it, like, but I did meet Aretha Franklin as a kid vaguely in church at the Mount Zion Simi church where Glenn Terman and which was her husband at the time, they both came to visit. And as years went on, he like, I believe they got divorced, but he still came and would visit and support the church. And, you know, from time to time. So that was a pretty cool, you know, little known fact to know that, you know, there's such a, you know, impactful family. One went mainstream with, you know, TV and acting commercially and mainstream. And one was like very influential and impactful in music, in particular gospel music in church, you know, and the two brothers. So 
and uh, they were either brothers or cousins, but they, their name was Terman. They had the same last name. So I'm leaning towards brothers because they look just alike, like the same facial expression, like why he makes his face like on the show. That's the same expressions that Reverend Terman makes. I remember like when we was on a trip and we had to stop so he could fill up on gas, whatever. So it was like a rest stop. And it was like a McDonald's at the gas station. And you know, like, you know how it's, those rest stops are. And he's like, do you want something to eat? And I'm like, yeah, I want a, a burger. So he's like, you know, order what you want. And so he was like, good Lord, how much food did you order? Because I ordered two Big Macs, <laughs> two large fries. He was like, I don't eat that stuff. I said, no, this is for me. <laughs> Greedy, always been. But he gave me that face, like, I'll never forget it. Like, you know, he he paid for the food and everything, but he looked at me like, Lord, that's a lot of food. You better eat everything, you know, type of thing. But I've seen that face plenty of times on Glenn Terman, his relative, his brother. So it leads me to believe that they're brothers. They look just alike. But um, they are brothers. They are related. He support him many times, come to his church and everything like that. And um, I don't know. The other day I was watching a show called Fargo. And it made me think of Reverend Terman because... You know, back then, I don't know, he was, like, older than Glenn Terman. Glenn Terman was clearly this the younger brother or the younger relative. So he was, like, an older man, older, established reverend back then. And um, he's now playing on Fargo as the senator doctor. If any of you are not watching Fargo, I recommend it. It's such a good show that a lot of people are like, well, you know, what is it about? Blah, blah, blah. I don't, I'll give you a little premise in a moment here. But what I will say about it is this. It's like a capsule series, meaning that every season it's about a completely different story, but it's in the same town or related to the same town. And it has a common thread of like one character that um, kind of ties all seasons together type of thing. So I'm not really quite sure, you know, the premise of which character is tying the seasons together from this season, but on season four, it stars Chris Rock playing Lloyd Cannon. It stars Glenn Turman playing, um, Senator Doctor or Senator Governor. I think it's Dr. Senator, Senator. He has a weird name, like Dr. Governor or Dr. Senator. He's like Chris Rock's right-hand man. And Chris Rock is like a big time mobster gangster in Kansas city back in the fifties. And he's his right hand man. So now seeing him present day as an older, you know, gentleman, he looks just like Reverend Terman. So that made me think of Reverend Terman when I saw him on the show. And so I'm watching this show and I'm like, this show is good. And if you all know, I made a whole two episodes about Lovecraft. So you know that I really, really loved Lovecraft Country. And I felt like that was like one of the best shows on TV in years. And um, two shows, because I can't even lie. I started re-watching P-Valley again because I felt like it just ended too soon. I felt like Katori Hall could have gave me two more episodes and made it 10. But I digress. I'm looking forward to season two. So those are the two shows that were really, really great this year that just warms my heart and did it for me. But um, a nice third is Fargo. Fargo does not leave you wanting nothing. It's a really good show. And watching it, I mean, I made me think of Reverend Terman because I said, oh, wow, I forgot that they were related. And then seeing him now, 
they definitely are related, you know, like he looks just like him now, like now that he's older. And so I'm watching that show. Um, the show, let me just give you a little premise about that show in case you want to watch it or in case you're curious about it. It's about a gangster dude. Um, well, two mobs, one's black, one's Italian. Chris Rock leads the Italian side. Um, oh my God. I see his face right now. And he was like a really popular kid actor back in the days. Jason, you know what? I still have my phone with me. I'm going to tell you who it is, his name. But um, the other guy leads the Italian mob. And his name is Jason Schwartzman. So Jason Schwartzman and... If you look him up and see him, I'm pretty sure you'll be real familiar with his face. And you'll be like, oh, okay, I've seen him on plenty of things since he was young, since he's been like a kid. He grew up in Hollywood. But um, he plays the other Italian mob leader. So he's the Italian mob leader. Chris Rock is the black mob leader. And it's a weird tradition back in the you know days in Kansas or whatever where when you call a truce between the two mobs, you swap out sons like the medieval times. So I would raise your son and you would raise my son so that way we keep peace in the homes or between the two houses or whatever the case may be, right? So in this particular case, they're saying um, they wanted to keep truce between Chris Rock and Jason Schwartzman. I think his name is like Josto or Joso. And then Chris Rock's name is Loy, L-O-Y, Loy Cannon. So um, to keep a truce, truce between those two families, the Cannon and the Fadas, I'll just use it like that because the last name is the Fada, that's the Italian, and the Cannons are the black mob. So they switch out sons. You know, Chris Rock is treating the Italian son like a regular child. He's um, feeding him all the holidays he's running and playing with the kids he's going to school with the kids he's living a good life at chris rock's house chris rock's son is eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches every day even during the holidays they're downstairs eating great they got him upstairs locked up in a room like a prisoner eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they have one man who's barely educated educating him it's so crazy it's so weird so um you know that's like the premise of it but then it's like a there's a couple of other side stories in there. And that would take me to two hours going into all the side stories of Fargo. But all I will tell you, there's like a nurse ratchet story. Then there's like a corrupt family that runs like a funeral home story. And they're like an interracial couple where um, the husband's white, the mother's black, and they have like a daughter and they run a funeral home and they owe the mob some money. Then it has like another side story where it's like a lesbian couple, which was like not really bank robbers, but they would rob the mob <laughs> that rhymed, but they would go around and rob corrupt people like gambling spots or, you know, mob spots and, you know, take the money. So they had like another storyline. Then they had like two police officers. One was like a bounty hunter and one was like an ex, you know, military soldier that had PTSD bad and he decides to join the police force. So it's a really, um, that kind of rounds out the cast of that show. It's a really wacky and yet intriguing storyline. But um, what made me tell, you know, to go into that story is because watching the show and watching the Dr. Senator, a.k.a. Glenn Terman, made me think of Reverend Terman from the Bronx, you know, that went to the church I grew up in. And um, he was very influential in taking me on a trip to a music conference for us as a gospel group, as a youth choir to perform. And I met BB and CC Winans, Shirley Caesar, Heavy D and the boys, B 
Big Daddy Kane and KRS-One all in one weekend because of that. That's priceless. And that also lets me know, well, especially at that time, I felt like that was divine order that I was supposed to happen because, you know, Reverend Terman fought for me to go because my mom's a tough cookie as if he was like, as if I was going to win a million dollars if when I once I performed like it was prize money on the line maybe it was I don't know but he was really serious and dead set on me going and I'm happy it was like divine intervention or divine order because you know that shaped me and said I want to do music you know and even back then I was like I know I like to rap but I'm gonna rap I'm gonna try to pursue rap but I think I want to do a positive message in my rap because the gospel, you know, performances were amazing. Their music was amazing. And they had a message that resonated with their audience and moved their audience just like Heavy D and the boys' messages moved their audience. You know, so that equally was put in on my spirit. Like, I like both. These are both me, you know. And it's been me ever since. But, um, yeah, so watching Fargo did two things to me. It made me um, think of that story. So I said, aha, I'm going to tell about that time in Louisville, Kentucky. Just to give you another little story, a little tidbit about Louisville, Kentucky. I remember when I was there, you know, especially younger, a lot of people said they could still hear my New York accent now. But back then I was living in New York. And this was probably like one of the first times as a child that I ever left New York and went somewhere south or to me it was south because it was Kentucky, but it was not New York, and their accents were different than mine, you know, so my first time encountering a southern accent, as well as, I guess, you know, just being outside of New York, so we went to, um, like, the next day after we partied with Heavy D and then hung out, you know, it was back to normal, we went to our conferences and everything, and then we said, we're gonna go to McDonald's across the street, so we went to the McDonald's across the street, and um, ordered some food, as soon as I got to the line to order my food, I said, yeah, I want a Big Mac, blah, 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 the girl was like, you from New York, you know Heavy D, y'all came with Heavy D, they here with Heavy D, and they gave us mad food, and I'm like, well, we don't really, how much is this, because I'm like, oh shit, my mommy gave me this much money to <laughs> to spend on a McDonald's now, y'all bugging, they gave us the food for free, which further, for me, made me feel like, I'm supposed to do this music because look at the world treatment I'm getting and I'm not even doing nothing yet. You know what I'm saying? So that just put something on my spirit. Like I'm going to be a rapper early out. Came back from that trip. My mother was like, did you like it? Did you get a God's word? And I'm like, yes, God's word is I'm going to be a rapper mother. Yes. So she didn't understand what was going on, but, um, it was divine order that I was supposed to go on that trip. I was supposed to, um, Mike Reverend Turner was supposed to take me on that trip. I was supposed to meet CC and BB Wynans and, you know, in, enjoy that gospel experience. And then I was supposed to also meet heavy D and the boys and KRS one and big daddy Kane. And, um, if anyone out there, you know, especially out in um, Louisville, Kentucky, that by any chance remembers that tour or, you know, they can kind of tell me, you know, can kind of confirm that I am not lying. Y'all remember that tour? Because I don't really remember the name of the tour because I wasn't there for a tour. I was there for a gospel conference and we just so happened to end up at the same hotel. So we just partied like it was fun. That hotel was like an amusement park for us because we had a conferences and it was huge, a huge hotel, like a, a resort damn near. So it had like conferences and different rooms of different stuff. And then it had like performances, like a big performance. Thing. It was crazy. It was dope. They didn't perform in the hotel. They went like to an auditorium or to like an arena somewhere and performed like they have, you know, the rap groups, but they were staying at that hotel. So it was like fun in the morning, 
fun at night, you know, when they were done. So that was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, it made me think about him watching Fargo and then Fargo is a night is a pretty dope, interesting situation because if any of you are missing Lovecraft country, give Fargo a try. I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised and pleased. And you may not get aliens or nothing like that, but I think that you'll be able to appreciate the time frame, appreciate the history lessons that it gives, just like with um, Lovecraft Country. It may not be as obvious or in your face, but they do have some really you know, pretty good ones. And like this last week's episode, episode nine, which is called East or West, was a really good one that played on like an historic show. Um, as soon as I saw it and started watching it and started getting into the mode of the episode, I was like, this is like a weird Wizard of Oz to me. You know, and I was right. They kind of used, it was definitely inspired by Wizard of Oz, this episode. But that's what I'm saying. Like, each episode is like that. Like, it gives you a nice story. It gives you, like, a nice, like, meat and potatoes and a nice little dessert. Like, wow, this is a good, interesting story, you know? So I would say check it out. And just the fact that there's more black stories being told on, you know, TV today. A lot, you know, a lot of more black stories and content. I love it you know, seeing these nice black actors and actresses working. I love it, you know, so check it out. Check out Fargo season four, and I am going to check out um, Fargo season one, two, three. So that's what I'll do for you all if you check out season four for me and tell me what you think. The season finale is coming up, so you have time to binge it out and then, you know, get caught up. And if you're like me, if you just want to wait and catch it all at once, that's even better too, you know, but it's, it's ending this week, so you can check that out. Another thing about Fargo that I loved is I want to say it's like episode four of season four. They played my homies music up there. Shout out to Hypnotic Brass Band. Hey, so fresh out of Chicago, but I met them by way of my brother in Brooklyn because they all live together. We're like homies. They're like, they're like basically brothers. My real brother is like their brother, you know? And, um, yeah, shout out to them. So, um, they have a song called war, which is how I said this episode is story time in war. So they have a song called war that was, um, used on the episode and it was the episode where like, I believe like they was like getting heated, like the mob conflict is getting heated. So, um, Chris rock got a band of his mob dudes together to go, you know, go over to the Italian spot and they're walking up and they're like basically having like a face off on the sidewalk, but they're all walking up together and you hear like the music playing. So they're a brass band. They play horns, um, really progressive jazz music. Um, you should check them out. Hypnotic brass band. They just dropped an album, um, like earlier or excuse me, late in the later part of the summer. So you can check that out as well shout them out i'm actually going to close this show out with their song war now if i'm not mistaken this song was also on hunger pains and i know you remember hunger pains and um so i don't know about all the other episodes or like episodes all the other parts but i know the very first hunger pains movie when they were like having like the talk show and they were announcing the players and everybody was coming out, you know, like they were introduced to name and they were walking out onto the stage and those horns that were playing, that is them. That's Hypnotic Brass Band. War. That's the name of the song. 
So I, I'm going to, um, if you are familiar with Hunger Games, or if you're not, or if you're familiar with Fargo, um, episode four, season four, or if you're not, I'm going to refresh your memory by playing that at the end of this episode. But, uh, do you see my thread there? Did you see my thread? Okay. So my thread started out with Reverend Terman, who I grew up in Mount Zion CME church in the Bronx off of Elder Avenue. And he was the deacon reverend in the church. And he basically invested in us in our, um, youth choir. And we won, or we were invited to perform in Louisville, Kentucky. And he was going to make it a point of his duty that I get to this show, which is where I was able to meet KRS one, big daddy Kane, heavy D, which are all Jamaican. Well, I don't know if heavy, if big daddy Kane is Jamaican, so I don't want to, put that on him if he's not but KRS one and heavy d for sure jamaican so that was like another divine order that i was supposed to see them in action and know that this is something i want to do you know and then to know that that's um his brother is glenn terman so the thread goes from reverend terman to glenn terman who plays the senator doctor on fargo season four he plays chris rock's right hand man and if you're not watching that at the very minimum you guys should remember a different world with Lisa Bonet and you know, all of them that show used to come on after the Cosby show. And on that show, he played the Colonel who was married to Jalisa on that show. So Reverend Terman, you know, he's on war. He's on, excuse me. He's on Fargo, which segues me into my homeboys, hypnotic brass band. Check them out. They're on Spotify. They're on Apple Music. You know, they're on YouTube. They have, they have, they did a song with Mary J. Blige, you know, a couple of years ago. Like, these guys are dope. Fresh out of Chicago. These are my musical brothers, okay? Shout out to Yo. Shout out to Amal. Shout out to Gabe. Like, just shout out to the crew, Hypnotic Brass Band. Like, that's family for show. And, um, yeah, check it out. So, I'm going to end the show with War, which is off of Fargo. Which I'm totally in love with that show. And um, just so you can hear the decadent, rich music being played by these young black men. You know, I, I want you to, I hope that inspires you to go watch this show, you know, and check it out and tell me what you think. You know, the season finale is coming up this week. I really, I, I can't lie. I caught it from the beginning to end, but the way it is, I kind of watched it in passing. I was like fully invested in Lovecraft, fully invested. It kind of started right when Lovecraft ended. So that wasn't a bad thing, but you know, I kind of wasn't like, you know, I was still on my Lovecraft high. So I watched it, but I didn't really appreciate how good it was until like a couple of days ago. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like I missed a couple of episodes. Let me go back and watch it. And it's really good. It's really good, and um, the music is good. Just the cinematography is good. The storyline is great, and um, shout out to Hypnotic Brass Band once again because they're playing. Um, their music is playing, and I want to say it's episode four, and it's dope. I just I'm just proud of them for that. So, and I just love to see all of my creators, but you know, especially you know, I might be a little partial because I'm black. What? But um, shout out to my you know black creators out there that are doing so much creative and beautiful content from music to film to tv to streaming to podcasting like you know to audiobooks or to you know regular reading books like however you whatever you're doing i just i'm so grateful and proud of all of us for the content we're creating and putting out so shout out to you all 
I pat myself on the back too, eh? Because I feel like I'm a big contributor as well to the content. But um, yeah, we're gonna leave with that. Before I leave, you already know how I do, right? I want to say a few things to you all. I want y'all to stay safe. I want y'all to love each other. Okay, this is holiday times. These are the times when um people reflect on times when they don't have family or reflect on you know, happier times that they might not be in a happier time. So be nicer to people because you don't know what people are going through. You know, you don't know what your smile or what your good gesture might do to someone to brighten their day, you know? And, um, if you can feed someone for the holidays, you know, there's a lot of people out here that are struggling. A lot of people that might not tell you that they're struggling, but they are. A lot of people that might be hungry or, you know, just this is pandemic times that we're living in. And I don't want to focus on the fucked up or the messed up or whatever, but it's happening and it is real. So if you're blessed and you're in a position that you can make an extra plate and, you know, give it to a friend in need or give it to if you see a homeless person like, hey, I always know that this homeless guy is going to be on the corner of, you know, I don't know, whatever street. You know, make it a point of your duty to see if you can give him a plate this Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? Like, leave no one unfed for the holidays, you know? And if you can invite a friend over that may not have family or friends to partake in, safely do so. But I would say first, if you, you know, before you gather with a lot of people and it's still pandemic times, just offer to deliver a plate. Hey, I'm going to leave, you know, a bag with some food for you on the porch, for you for Thanksgiving, warm it up, you'll be good to go, you know, you'll be surprised how those little gestures go a a long way for people, okay, and I'm not just talking that talk, I'm walking that walk as well, because I don't know why the hell I'm cooking so much food, and I'm not having anyone over for Thanksgiving, so I'm going to, um, more than likely make some plates and give them out, once everything is done, just we'll see how everything works out. But um, that's my goal. And I want you all to challenge yourself to do the same. Like, let's show a little bit more love and let's spread love, you know, because it's a lot. It's so easy to click on your phone and pull up hate, click on the TV and pull up hate. You know, right now we got to dig deep and search for love and search for positive energy. And I think that's what we should focus on more versus um the negative BS and the negative rhetoric out there you know the elections are over people you know hated trump and you know got him out of office and they're still going in about trump and whatever and the only thing i want to say about that is because i'm not you know a trump supporter i will not say i will say that you know i'm not a trump supporter at all but i will say this racism was here before trump okay and i know it feels good to have the um you know to have a person to focus that energy on Cause I'm not even gonna lie for a moment there. I almost got caught up in that vortex of hate and negative energy and the whole election BS. And I had to pull myself away and become more creative and more productive and just not focus on that. But, and I, and I was looking forward to it being over. So hopefully that people could say, you know, let's focus on change and let's focus on what actions are we going to take to ensure that it's different the next four years, you know? I'm thinking, I'm looking forward to those type of conversations. And instead, people are still talking about how much they hate Trump and, you know, the Trump supporters. And so it's like you're still pushing hate. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I just want to challenge us to um, let's not focus on that. It's going to be holiday time coming up. It is the holidays. It's among us. It's literally days away. 
you know. So I want us to challenge ourselves to spread love, spread cheer, um, tell someone a good positive word, you know, share some good energy with a friend or a loved one. And, um, you know, my motto, love yourself because you can't love me if you don't love yourself, right? Wash your hands because did you see how many COVID cases, how many celebrities got COVID over the weekend? You know, prayers go out to Jeremiah, the R&B singer. He was like, you know, hospitalized in ICU on respirators. I heard that he was stable in stable condition now, but that's scary. You know, then you hear about, um, Erica Badu said she had COVID or partial COVID symptoms, you know, it's just so much, you know, and I know it's hard for us to stop our lives cold Turkey and stop what we're doing. Cause you know, performing is my livelihood. You know, I, I, by now I would have done several shows for the year. You know what I'm saying? I know that for a fact, I was supposed to leave the country and go back to France this year and perform, you know, and get some stuff going over there. So I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I'm happy being, you know, stagnated at home or stagnated on a home front. But I will tell you this, I would rather be stagnated safely than risk it. And if something happens or risk it and bring something home to my loved ones, because I might be cool. My immune system might be strong and I could fight it or might not show symptoms and it'd be dormant in me. But then I bring it home to family members who who have a weaker immune system, you know. So I think about not only myself when I say this, but others. So I want us to start doing that as well. Think about yourself for sure, for starters, but also think about others and what we can do to make this holiday season a happy and um, blessed one for us all. You know, like the year is rough. So let's just be grateful that it's... um coming to a close, but let's try and bring it to a close on a positive note. I guess that's what I'm trying to say, you know? So I'm going to leave you all with that. I'm going to end this here with the song War by Hypnotic Brass. You know what I say. This is She Can Talk, the podcast. I've been beating you guys down, and I'm thank you all for staying here with me. I really appreciate it. Next week is going to be the Thanksgiving episode. Yay! And I get to tell you what my Thanksgiving menu is. I will try and do a really good video unlike my million dollar chicken video i will try and do a better one for you for clean eat wings so you can see all of the stuff that i put together for thanksgiving and um maybe you guys want to share with me i'm all about sharing so share with me what you guys are planning for thanksgiving and hopefully next week we can talk about it okay she can talk the podcast you know what i say if you like it tell a friend if you don't like it tell a friend it is not gonna hurt either way that is how i look at it okay and love yourself because you can't love me or anyone else if you don't love yourself all right until next time y'all stay safe get that thanksgiving menu together and i'll talk to y'all next time peace